Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 128 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I'm the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. And today... I am super pleased and so honored to have on the show a witch who is anything but kooky. She is beautiful, (laughs) powerful, a real life living legend, and so beloved in the witchy community that the moment I announced I was interviewing her, my inbox exploded with messages from people trying to express how much she means to them, how profoundly she has impacted their lives, and, of course, how much they love her. I love her, too. So without any further ado, here she is, the official Witch of Salem, and so much more, Lori Cabot. Welcome to the show, Lori. Uh, thank you, Joanna. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's Yay. my pleasure to be on with you. You know, this is exciting to me. I don't do very many shows. It's ex- it's extremely exciting for me because I have been obviously like so many people. I didn't know how many fans you had. I did not know I would say the lo- words Lori Cabot and so many people would come crawling out of the woodwork. And um, someone wanted to know, what's it like to be such a famous witch? So I guess let's just start there because I thought that was a very sweet, innocent, but also interesting question. Well, I... You know, I think fame, it doesn't, fame and fortune are an offshoot of your life's goals. It doesn't, fame is not a goal in itself. It's what you do with your life that might make you famous. And sometimes uh, fame and fortune don't go together. I haven't made a fortune and it hasn't made any difference. I still have a reached my goals, and I became famous, and I think it was a famous name. Um, $2.50 will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you know, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> so what is people's reactions to you when you meet them on the streets? People who know you, do they come up and give you a hug? Do they feel like they can approach you that way? Oh, yes, I I have people come up to me all the time. Well, I'm hard to miss, you know, because I wear my traditional robes. I I made yeah. a vow to, to the goddess that I would never take them off. You know, I was very naive at that time, but I'm still keeping my promise. So when I'm at the supermarket or I'm shopping at Macy's, there's someone that people come up to me all the time, and they're very nice. You know, very nice. I don't exactly want to hug, but I don't mind greeting people. (laughs) Right. Okay. I get that. It's interesting. I actually wanted to bring that up, and you brought it up before I had the chance to. But, I mean, you do have, you look like a witch. 
You look like a yes. witch. If nobody knew who you were and you walked into the room, I'm guessing most people would say, there's a witch. So exactly. do you want to tell us what being a witch means to you? Well, first of all, um, the reason I took on our traditional clothing is because we have been hidden for 2,000 years. We've been under persecution um, for 2,000 years, and it wasn't until 1952 that we were allowed in America to um, be legal or uh, be recognized by the federal government. And I, you know, it's, I think you have to be visible if you're going to help people learn who we are, what we are, and what we can do for the world, you have to be visible. People need to be able to point you out and say, I need to go see that witch. She can heal me or she can help me. Um, it's, it's one of the things that bothers me a lot about the nuns in the Catholic Church now. One time I did a goddess um, lecture in Old Town Hall in Salem, and I had about 14 women in a circle, and I happened to think about it, and I said, how many women in this room are nuns? And there were four, and they were dressed in dungarees and sweatshirts, and you couldn't have picked them out of a crowd. How can people find them if they're not dressed in their garb and put into the public where people can benefit from what they do? And I told them, they said, oh, we were, you know, ignored as in robes. And I said, I don't think so. You know, I think you should reclaim it. And that's what I did. I reclaimed our dress for the goddess, and I made a vow that I would never take the robes off. Wow. That's really powerful. Is that why you have tattoos? You have two tattoos, right, on your face or just the one? I, I know the one Celtic I, symbol you have on your cheek. Right. and Well, we have a goddess symbol on our forehead that is optional. Once you become a third-degree high priest initiated, high priest or priestess, you're allowed to, if you wish to, put that symbol of the moon um, on your forehead. Um, but the, the uh, tattoo on my cheek, it, it came about by having a dream for two or three years in a row that I had it done. And then one day I just realized I have to do that. And luckily, um, Melissa Mayhem, who is an uh, expert tattoo artist and one of our witches here, was available. And she came to my house and she, we put the herb woad into the ink because you can't get woad dye, but woad is the color of the dye that they use to the Celts use to tattoo themselves. So mm. we simply put we put the herb in the ink, and we cast a circle and we chanted the names of all the Celtic goddesses while she was doing the spiral on my cheek. Um, the spiral represents calling upon your ancestors for help, for wisdom. Wow. Everything you do has such meaning. I think that's part of why you feel so powerful. You're very in integrity with everything you do. And 
it, you're training people to be witches as well through is it through the Cabot Kent Hermetic Trim, Temple? Is that can you, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, that's our temple. We um, established um, a temple and recognized by the federal government, and we're the first witch temple to be established legally in Salem, Massachusetts. So we made history. Um, there are other people who have um, groups, but they're under the umbrella of other um, churches in the in the West and not from Salem at all. So we're the first. But the teachings okay. are not part are not part of the temple. Um, okay. It's what I've been doing all, all for almost fifty years: is teaching the science of witchcraft. Um, and the art and the science and the religion as well. And um, people don't, you know, most people don't even know still where the word witchcraft comes from, but it is Indo-European only. And that means our way of magic in Europe is different than other cultures. So when people say, oh, there, there's, there are witches in Africa, South Africa, well, there aren't. They, that's not the name of their magic, and it mm. but it waters it waters down our traditions and our way of life by calling all these other cultures witchcraft, and they are cultures that do magic, yes, but it isn't witchcraft. It's um, so the word witch only comes from the Indo-European tribes, and basically mostly from the Celts. Um, so the Celtic gods and goddesses are our ancestors and the ones that we call upon the most. Wow. Yeah, in your books you really outline the Celtic mythology. Actually, you are the first person that made it accessible for me. I just was not interested in mythology, and any time I kind of tried to read a little bit about it, I just, I don't know. I didn't care. I didn't connect with it. But something about the way you write about it made it all made sense and brought it to life in a way that I really understood. Well, you know, I don't write over my head. I believe in using the language of the masses as I do every day so that you can understand, you know, the process of what we're writing about. Um, I just finished another book called Enchanted. It's the Enchanted Spells. And I have written as many spells as I possibly could. And I've written them over the years from our Book of Shadows and from many of the books, as you know, that I've written. So I, I compiled it all under one book. And that's been out and been published this past year. But right now yeah. we're waiting... We're waiting for the the um, book Cabot can't um, book of shadows. The Cabot tradition book of shadows is coming out. So uh, between those covers will be everything I've ever taught, ever written, ever said. Uh, even our initiation rite will be in there. We it won't be a secret any longer. Um, so that the tradition is established for everyone to understand who we are as a group of, of people, as a tradition. Wow. How long have you been a witch? I mean, it's decades. 
<laughs> do you, well, do you yeah, remember so when I, you first said, I am a witch? I'm imagining you've always felt a witch in your heart, but when did you actually oh, have that moment where you thought, I am a witch? Well, I had taken lessons from a witch from England when it was illegal, uh, when I was, you know, 15 and 16, and my mother allowed me to in Boston. Um, but I didn't. You know, I really didn't practice for years, and then I, you know, worked, then I got married, I had children, and I had a second divorce. And at the second divorce, I sat down, and I took a piece of paper, and I thought, I'm going to write down who I am. I need to understand my life. Uh, marriage is uh, obviously isn't for me. Um, so who am I? And the first thing that happened right across the screen of my mind the word witch with white letters right across my screen, you're a witch. So I wrote it on the piece of paper. And then I started writing about all the things that I had been taught, all the things I felt, all the things I knew. And that's when I made my decision and my vow to the God and Goddess that I would continue being a full-time witch and I would do my best to help the world understand who we are, that we are not devil worshippers and we're not evil. In fact, you know, we're the healers and we're the wise people who can help. We can help the whole world. And nature is our temple. So that was my goal. Wow. I could listen to you talk all day. I hope that they've been recording some of the classes you teach for all future generations to get to enjoy that because there's something I love reading your books, The Witch and Every Woman, Power of a Witch. Those books hold a special place in my bookshelf. I pick them up often, but there's nothing like hearing you talk. You are fabulous. You have so many wonderful stories that <laughs> it's tempted to ask you to repeat stories I've heard you tell in the past. But I think what's really intriguing is this idea of the science of magic and especially, you know, witchcraft is you, you're a healer. Can you maybe yes. tell us one of the most profound or powerful experiences you've personally had with magic that made a real impact on you or just impressed you? It could just be some weather magic or something that really – kind of amazed you right. even though you were the one doing the magic <laughs> well it, it you know uh, I, I, there's so many different instances through my life that you know sometimes I surprise I'm surprised by the outcome and it's absolutely a way of life so you don't separate it from everyday life therefore mm. there's so many instances that come around um, I, I'm not very good at business, and I allowed a member of my family to take over the business at one point, and she didn't pay the taxes. And she would come to me and say, I would like to buy so-and-so. I said, I don't care what you do with the money. As long as you pay the bills, pay the taxes, and do what you want. Well, one day I got a knock on the door and a badge in my face from the IRS. Mm -hmm. I owed uh -huh, almost $200,000 in taxes. Wow. And, yeah, um, anyway, um, I, I tried really hard. I took over the business. I, I tried 
to pay it. You know, and paying um, what eight hundred dollars a month and seven hundred and fifty a month, and then rent at home and rent at the store, it was impossible to do. So I kept doing spells, saying, you know, I I'm trying. I want to pay the taxes. I would have never not paid them in the first place. But I'll do anything, and I'm trying really hard to catch up, etc. Well, it got to be impossible. And the IRS called me at the middle of October, which is our busiest time, and said, we're coming uh, on the 16th, and we're going to close you down. Ugh, I, and I finally, I, I sort of gave up. I said, well, maybe it's meant to be. So when the, the woman came at, with her assistant, we sat in my office. And at that point, I owed $76,000. I had dwindled it down quite a ways. Mm. And so she sat there with me and I explained to her, you know, what I was trying to do. And she looked at me and she said, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to absolve you from the $76,000. You're going to close (laughs) this corporation on October 31st. And on the 1st, you're going to open with a new name and a new corporation. So the spells worked, and I was wow. absolved of all that money. And I got to open, well, I opened, kept the same store open. It just had a new name. Wow. On Samhain, no less. Uh-huh. On Samhain, no less. Yeah. You said October 31st? Did I what? Uh, on Samhain, on Halloween, on October 31st. Yeah, on October 31st, yeah, I, I closed the store and that reopened so it on the no- November 1st. Isn't that amazing? That um, is thanks, truly amazing. It, the whole thing was so amazing, and I had been so stressed for that. Five, it was five years it took to have that happen. And mm. I, I only did one spell in that five years for the outcome. I don't believe in doing them over and over and over. I had done the spell for it to be resolved, and there it was, right then and there. It was fabulous, and that was that a, one of the most difficult one of the most difficult times in my life because I've always worked hard and always paid my bills and I've always paid my taxes, so it was pretty hard. But yeah. everything's fine now. Mm-hmm. I think that really demonstrates what you said at the beginning that you know your interest isn't in fame and fortune. You're doing what you do out of love and passion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I felt that when you were telling the story. It was a riveting story because I could feel it still <laughs> matters to you, you know what I mean? You know, and speaking know. of um October 31st, don't you have, you're doing the Witch's Ball again. I don't know if you stopped, but I saw that there's a Witch's Ball this year. Yes, um, well, I stopped for a few years, and Christian Day sort of took over, and he does a ball as well. So um, the Cabot Kent Hermetic Temple, we do the eight holidays. And so on, you know, on the 31st or the 30th, we will have a, uh, a Witch's Ball of course, our Samhain circle and honoring all our, our ancestors 
and then a party. And then our ball is going to be on a Friday night, and Christian's ball is going to be on a Saturday night, so we go to both. And it's really oh. a lot of fun and very magical. It sounds magical. I've heard you talk about it. I love your take on, I don't know if you call it a Halloween costume, but there's a purpose to dressing up that I think is very special and powerful, and I urge everyone listening to try this this year. Can you explain that a little bit about your take oh, on dressing in yes, costume I, for that time? Well, I I think this is part of a tradition that came out of Europe that you want to dress up like what you want to become or the way you want people to see you. So you can adorn yourself with your finery and look beautiful and outdo yourself. Or you can choose your profession that you wish to um, present. So if you're a banker, you might want to put on a suit and a top hat or something and money coming out of your pockets. (laughs) And um, it and if you want to become more beautiful, you might dress like a butterfly or a fairy. And the fairy, uh, the fairy are our ancestors as well. You might want to bring forth that kind of energy into your life in the future. So you want to dress like what you want to be and what you want to become. We never dress in anything harmful. Um, last year at our ball, a woman walked in in a costume like Cruvel. Cruella de Vil, is that oh. the name of it? Yeah, yes. and we we asked her to take off a, a, her part of her costume because it was too offensive. We don't allow anyone in our wall, you know, with a green face or a horror costume, and uh, right. because it's not it's upsetting to us, you know. But I think yeah. it's more fun too to choose, you know, your spell you're casting is what you want to be and how you want to be, healthier, happier, richer, whatever. (laughs) Because that's the witch's new year. It's casting your intention. It's casting a spell for the year ahead. I think that is so magical. It it, it really is. And when you think about January 1st, that's kind of what people do on January 1st. They dress up, go out and have a a champagne and they put on their finery and project for their new year. Um, and that's what we've always done. I think that may be where that that uh, tradition came from. It may have come from us. Yeah. It's special. I, I Can we briefly, I know we're running out of time here, but I'd really, um, you teach the art of magic. You teach the religion yes. of magic. And you teach the science of magic, as you've already said. But when I hear the word science, that's particularly intriguing to me because it implies that you can consistently prove and measure the results, that it's a measurable thing. So is that something that you've found to be true with magic and your students as well, to where it's not just a special power Lori Cabot has, but something that you can pass on to future generations? I pass it on to every one of my students. Every Cabot witch has their psychic power intact and can repeat it over and over and over. Um, The first they learn to do is to lower their brain wave and what that means and how it works in the human body. And then they're asked 
to work three health cases of people that they do not know. Uh, they only get the name and age of the person, the whereabouts, you know, what state and what town they're in, and the age and gender. Then they have to describe the person. They have to bring that person's image in, on their screen, their mind. They have to describe their appearance. And then they have to find what is wrong with the person, what is ailing them. And we only take cases that are already diagnosed by a doctor. So they have to find what is wrong with the people and then send healing light. And we don't have people failing because it's natural. I teach you how to do that because it's all a part of our bodies and our minds. Magic is real. And in order to understand how tangible it is and how real it is, you have to experience that. And when you're trying to learn on your own, that's, that's not going to happen usually. You need to do something consistently over and over and over and understand that it works and that you are sending energy. And when you send energy to a person, you can help heal them, help them heal themselves. And that's another part of it. Often when they send the healing light, the person gets healed. And we get note of that so they understand what they're doing. That's uh, very important. That's the basis of all magic is of some humans. It, it's from an alpha state, an alpha level. But uh, you have to control your own magic. You don't want someone else to control it. That's why yeah. I teach everyone that they do this themselves. They own this. I love that you made the distinction to help them heal themselves because I think that's really right. powerful. And I always share with people on Bandcamp, you have, it's very inexpensive, I feel like it's a $1.99, a guided meditation for counting into alpha that I think is fantastic. <laughs> I tell people about yes. it all of the time because it's, it's fabulous. It's really well and done. If, and if you practice that, you're going to be more and more and more psychic. It it helps to um, stretch those muscles of the brain so that you can do all your magic work. You'll see how fast it starts to work. It's very, mm-hmm. very important. you know. The, and, yes, you, we heal ourselves. No one can heal us, not even doctors with their medicine. I mean, they certainly do well with surgery. We can't do that. But we always heal ourselves. Our mind sends healing energies. Um, to our area of concern in our body. And with someone helping, it's just added extra energy that you might not have, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we only have a couple minutes, and I want to make sure people understand how they can work with you, if they want to work with you personally. So um, maybe I know if they go to Salem, you often teach classes. Is there a way for them to work with you Um, virtually through the Internet? Do you have that set up for them? Yes, we do. I'm teaching people on Skype. And in in, uh, September, I think, October, I think November, I have a Witchcraft One class coming up again. Um, They need to get in touch with Enchanted. It's a witch shop here in Salem. And if they get in touch with um, the official witch shop online, 
Uh, it be- that shop belongs to Enchanted, and you can see my whole schedule. And, um, yes, you can get in touch with the, the high priests that own Enchanted, Chris and Jeff, and they will um, let you join the class, absolutely. We've had people from Spain and Brazil all over the world now joining classes. It's really exciting. Yeah, I think it's it's special. People need to take advantage of this because there's only one Lori Cabot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Lori Cabot is 83 years old, so, you know, they need to hurry up. <laughs> well, the time is going by very fast. You're very inspiring, and I'm so thrilled that I got to have this moment to speak with you in person and you are young as could be. So much to say. I love it. I love it. It's really exciting to think I can be 83 and I can be a, I can be a total <laughs> badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a badass too, and I enjoyed talking to you. It's a really a wonderful thing that you're doing. You know, I have to mention that we have, the Cabot Kent Hermetic Temple has started a uh, Witches Civil Liberties League so that we can help um, notify people and authorities in their area that they are protected by federal law, the same as mm. any other religion. Okay? Thank you for closing That's- with that. Thank you so much for doing this, and have a beautiful day. Thank you so much, Lori. And thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Much love. Peace, everybody.